Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Lucky Star Show and Tell podcast, and I'm your host, Lisa Field, owner and director of Lucky Star Art Camp, a women's art and whole living sleepaway camp held annually on the banks of the Guadalupe River in Hunt, Texas. On today's podcast, I'll be talking to longtime Lucky Star camper and instructor, Leslie Gaurecki. Leslie is a photographer turned abstract artist from Houston, Texas. After moving often and living abroad for much of her youth, she received a BFA in photography from The Ohio State University and found her way back to Texas. Leslie spent the next decade photographing people and events across the country and teaching herself to paint. In 2016, she began showing paintings in her Houston studio and in exhibitions within the city. In 2019, she signed with her first art gallery and had her first solo exhibition. Leslie's painting practice is driven by color and the surprises that happen when she releases expectation, a lesson she is still trying to learn about life. Leslie lives with her husband, an accidental cat, and four sons who inspire her mark making and her tendency toward whimsy. Welcome to the podcast, Leslie Gorecki. Have you ever felt stuck when you try to do something creative? You know the feeling when you don't know what to do next, or you get easily overwhelmed by the supplies? Do you stare at a blank page or canvas not knowing how to get started? Maybe you say to yourself, I'm not creative, or I always start things and never finish them. Roxanne, known online as Super Doodle Girl, has heard so many stories like this from people who want to be creative, yet don't know how to start. So she created Super Doodle Girl's Journal Jumpstart course to help you transform your fear of the blank page into your own personal superpower by guiding you through every step of the art journal process. Super Doodle Girl workshops and private coaching sessions are the perfect way to learn how to get unstuck and relax. You can learn more at www.superdoodlegirl.com. Leslie, how are you? Hi, Lisa. I'm doing great. Great to see you. Oh my gosh, it's so good to see you too. And I have the pleasure of Getting to view your background, which is one of your beautiful masterpieces. It's so it's, it's pretty. A work in progress. This one's not finished, but uh, yeah, but I'm loving it so far. Oh, I love it. Well, okay, so we, you know, we started this podcast just to try to give our campers an inside view of the instructors, let them hear your voice, give us a little background beyond the bio. So tell us, tell us about yourself. Where are you I from? I want to tell you first that uh, I love the podcast idea because I've known some of these ladies since camp started, but I'm learning more about them just from listening to the podcast than I, I like. I'm learning things I never knew. I know. And like I'm interviewing these women that, uh, and some of them, like you said, I've known them for all of the 10 years and I'm totally learning something new <laughs> about them too. So yeah. I love this. I think it's just like, it, it's like, Paul Harvey's the rest of the story. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's a great way to get to know somebody a little before you decide to take their class too, you know? Yeah. And you have been with Lucky Star from the start. I mean, you've been coming. Have you even missed a year? I did. I missed one year. One year. Uh, when Miss Melissa Gonzalez was uh, pregnant or was yeah. with a, new, a newborn. And she talked me into staying home because she could not stand that I might be there. Uh, are you serious? <laughs> That is true friendship. That is 
wasn't even there when I had my own newborn, but I stayed home and had a newborn, which is silly. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's funny. Okay. Well, yeah. So Leslie started out as a camper and then became an instructor, I guess about halfway through. And um, so this, this will be your third year teaching? Teaching, yes. I'm really excited to be back teaching for the third year. Me too. Okay, so tell us about your, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up all over the place. I didn't really, I never stayed in one place. My dad worked for an oil company and he did construction. Um, he was a construction manager, which meant we moved all the time. I, I th- we moved every 18 months to two years of my whole life. Um, and then, so we, we lived overseas. We lived um, around the United States. We always kind of came back to Houston. It was like home base for his job. So we'd go somewhere, we'd come back to Houston. We'd go somewhere else and come back to Houston. And um, then my last three years of high school, I did three years in one place in Houston. And that was the longest I had ever lived anywhere. So it was the place that felt the most like home. And uh, so that's why I claim Houston. And then uh, I went to Ohio State University for college. I followed a boy there, um, which now I'm the mom of a senior in high school and thinking about him doing the same thing gives me like a panic attack. But um, I <laughs> but I did. I, uh, I went from Texas to Ohio State to follow a boy who was on a soccer scholarship. And uh, it turned out okay because he's my husband now. Oh, and my. <laughs> we have uh, four kiddos. We have four boys. Um, we have, uh, then since we've been married, we've moved around a lot too. It's kind of like we can't, we couldn't settle and decide where home was. And, um, just very recently we bought a house and decided we're going to stay put for a while. And we are just South of Houston in Seabrook, which is like on the way to Galveston, close to Kima, if anyone knows that. So we're kind of a water community down the street from NASA. All my kids go to school with astronauts. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. That is great. Okay, so moving around a lot, where where were you? You were in Houston where you said that you kind of lived in one place for three years in high school. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And that and that is home base now. So where is your studio? My studio now is in Houston. It's um, really near the Heights and close to downtown for anybody who knows the Houston area. So though I live way out in the suburbs, I drive about 40 minutes in um, okay. in Houston because I'm really a city girl. I live in the suburbs because my, my husband and my kids live it out here. But um, I love where my studio is in the Heights. It's also a place we lived for a while. and I really love it there. So I kind of get the best of both. I get big yards and be by the water at home. And then I get to go into the city for the studio. Do you have siblings? I have two brothers. Um, and you know, it's funny. It is, I was thinking about that this morning. I, I just came back from a trip. I went to um, Colorado. Both my brothers live in Colorado. So I go there to visit them. They don't come back to Texas as much as I would like. So I go there. But, um, you know, I am surrounded by so much male energy. I grew up with <laughs> brothers. My brothers are my best friends. I, um, I have four sons. And, um, I, you know, when I was growing up, I had mostly friends that were boys and, and men. And so Lucky Star was a whole new thing for me. With all, It's like the first time I really was surrounded by women. And I think I went searching for, for some female energy I was missing, you know, yeah. and, um, and it has been really wonderful for me for that. Oh, that's a, that's really cool. I, I have a brother 
and grew up with a lot of boy cousins. And I had a couple of girl cousins too, but the same thing. I was very much a tomboy growing up. And then really, honestly, when I went to the retreat that I went to in New Hampshire and then subsequently started Lucky Star, this is like the most girl time I've ever had in my life too. So, and it, it has been so incredible to be surrounded by, like you said, this feminine energy. And uh, I feel like we're all so different, yet we just have this common thread of womanhood and the, the, the female experience that really, really has been enlightening and um, very grounding and inspiring for me. For me too. And you know, another thing about it for me was, I think I I went to Lucky Star the first time really for the classes. I mean, focused 100% on what I could learn in classes. And I I thought I might meet some interesting women, but I really wasn't in it to make friends. I was kind of like, I'm not, I'm not here to make friends. I just want to learn these skills or whatever. Um, And I just, it, it couldn't help but make friends. By the time I left there, I was surrounded with all of these women. And I had been, I guess, I mean, either disinterested or almost a little, maybe not trustworthy of, or not, not trusting of female friendship. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is the first time I just was like surrounded by these women that I thought were, um, I would just admired so much. And I looked up to some of them so much. And I love like the generational differences in Lucky Star. I made friends with women who are much older than I am and made friends with women that are much younger than I am that like in my daily life, here of, you know, mostly just knowing like my, my kids, moms and stuff, right. it was harder for me to achieve. But I went to Lucky Star and was just surrounded by these women that, and, and also powerful. They're like, it's such a powerful feminine energy that I was so attracted to. I just love them. And now I count them among my really closest friends. So it's been such a blessing to me. Oh, that makes me really happy to hear. <laughs> so, Okay. What did you study when you were at Ohio State? Yeah, I went to Ohio State to study photography. Well, I got lucky because I moved there for this boy and did not even check to make sure they had a photography program. <laughs> I got I, I knew I wanted to study photography and it wasn't until I got all the way there and enrolled that I was like, oh, I really hope they have these classes. And then they did. So <laughs> I, had a, I had a great photography program. I had fallen in love with photography as a high school student. We had um, one of the rare high schools that had a darkroom program and I spent my days with my hands and chemicals and developing images in the dark room. And I just thought it was magic. And from the minute I went from thinking that I wanted to be like a biochemistry major or something real sciencey to realizing all at once and in a heartbeat, my junior year of high school that I wanted to be an artist and that I wanted to be a photographer. So I went to school for photography, a real, really um, touchy feely fine art program uh, at Ohio state for photography. And I really loved it. Uh, eventually Andy and I got married and we moved around and moved around with his, you know, his job at the beginning of our marriage moved us a few times. And then eventually we moved ourselves back to Houston and I started teaching photography at high school, which is kind of always really? a dream of mine. I wanted to be a, wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to share this magical thing with other people, you know, and um, with students, with teenagers, they're like, there's something really great about high school kids that can be so cynical about learning and about school at that time of their life to introduce them to darkroom photography again 
was just magic. It was get every day getting to see them learn something they didn't even know was possible. And uh, so I loved that. I taught for a while and then we started having babies and I um, started my own business. So I didn't have to be kind of confined by regular work hours at school. Right. So I started shooting portraits and weddings and um, in Houston in mostly Houston. And then over the years, I guess I did that um, for about 15 years. I shot um, increasingly fancy weddings in Houston and then eventually started traveling to Mexico and things for, for fancy weddings and big 40th birthday parties and things like that. So um, the business was a big success and it was great and everything was going perfectly. And um, then, and then it wasn't, I was, I suddenly, again, just uh, got kind of really unhappy and couldn't really figure out what was wrong. And then that's when, that's when Lucky Star entered my life and changed it all again. Yeah, I remember your email address being Leslie at Good Life Photography whenever you first came onto the scene. Yeah, yeah. So what is it about your experience at Lucky Star that changed everything? Um, you know, I think, uh, I don't think I'm unique in this, but I was just like, I hit this place in life where I was home a lot with little kids. And then I was also trying to have a, be a, like a full-time business owner. I was burning out because I was working hard, but I was trying to pretend that I could be a stay-at-home mom, that like I could do all the things that a stay-at-home mom could do, but that I also was running a business. And, um, and I was really isolated, you know, I worked by myself. I didn't have any, didn't have any colleagues. I didn't have women in my life. I, I didn't know all this then. This is what I figured out, you know, in retrospect, I thought things were good. Um, but I went to Lucky Star, like, I guess I was just searching for something that year. When I look back on that year of my life, I was doing a lot of weird things, you know, like I drove across the country with my brothers to go see a Pearl Jam concert, you know, and um, left my family and just went to Pearl Jam concerts in a row just to like <laughs> do something different. I did several, several weird things. And one of them was really late at night up editing a wedding that was due like the next day. It's like three in the morning when I was editing and tired and just trying to get finished with this. I saw a post on Facebook because I was on Facebook instead of editing, right? And I saw a post on Facebook for Lucky Star and I clicked it and signed up right that second. Are I was serious? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I had to tell my husband the next morning when he woke up that I, <laughs> that I, I signed up for this thing that was coming in November, which was a long way away. And I had spent all this money. <laughs> and when I was like, going, you're going to have to figure it out with the kids. I'm doing this. So I just came to Lucky Star, like really searching for something, but I didn't know what I was looking for until I got there. And then I kind of, over those few days, I really loudly heard this, this voice in my head that like, ever since I decided I wanted to be an artist and I did love photography and I still love photography, there was a little piece of me that just always wanted to be a, a painter. I really wanted to do something different, you know, and, um, and it just got louder and louder while I was there. And I took some classes with some amazing women that I still credit with pushing me. Like, it was like, I got the confidence to make a change or take a leap or be a beginner at something again. You know, I had kind of gotten to a place with photography where I was expected to be an expert all the time. And I couldn't, weddings are high pressure. I couldn't make a mistake. Oh. Everything had to be very perfect. And I was really craving, oh, also everything was digital. Everything was on a computer now. And what I had fallen in love with was the magic of an unexpected image coming up in a tray in the dark room with my hands and chemicals and getting messy. And mm -hmm. I didn't have any of that. So I was just craving so much more creative energy, letting go of creative energy that I 
I didn't know I had built up in me. And it just kind of all started bubbling out. And I started doing all kinds of things um, that I consider creative, gardening and baking and cooking and painting. They're all the same thing. They're, it's yeah. all just creative trying to get out of you in some way, you know? That's right. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. Do you remember what classes you took? What painting classes you took? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My very first class at Lucky Star ever is one of the best moments of my whole life. But I painted with um, Juliet Crane mm-hmm. um, right on the edge of the river. We had our class was set we up in that class. It was green grass on the edge of the river and the weather was beautiful. It was like real chilly when we started that morning. So we had like jackets on and then by midway through, like we broke for lunch. And then when we came back, it was warm. We'd all taken our jackets off. The light was coming through the trees just perfectly. And then the horses from the farm across the river came down and played in the water in front of us. And I had never seen horses play in water. Like they were splashing and it was like a fairy tale. No wonder I fell in love with painting. It was like a fairy tale. <laughs> right. And she herself was everything I needed in a very first painting instructor. Uh, she's really mixed media, but I think I had been kind of intimidated by some things. Like I, I was always kind of a rule follower and I felt like mm. I didn't paint because I didn't really know the rules and I wasn't really sure the right way to do things. And um, Juliet within minutes in her class kind of made it clear that there was no rules and that you could do whatever you wanted and no one's going to tell you this is wrong. And yes, you can mix acrylic with oil if you want. And nobody's going to tell you, you can't put this, you know, chalk pastel on top of your acrylic. And it was all very free. And then I kind of started to realize I could just relax and, let go of all of those ideas about the rules of art or art making or creativity and just do what I wanted. That, that is so freeing. I remember having that same realization in the first class that I ever took and not at lucky star, but at a different retreat. And it was so eye opening. just like cover the canvas, just like, put paint on the canvas. But I remember staring at this blank canvas and feeling so intimidated and overwhelmed. And like you said, I, I thought there were rules and there just aren't. This is why children are so great. Like I always so admired my kids artwork when they would bring it home because they didn't follow the rules. Like I've probably told this story before, but I'll tell it again. My son brought home this acorn and, you know, acorns are brown or green. (laughs) Like it was like this multicolor acorn that was like the most beautiful thing. Like it was, it was just, I was so happy that he was able to see past what was supposed to be. Yes. And use his creativity and imagination to pour out onto this little piece of paper, this amazing thing. And like, I literally taped it to the wall in the kitchen for the longest time. And I'm sure I still have it. (laughs) Well, I, you know, funny because my, my very early bio, when I first started like showing work said that, that um, at the time, you know, I came back from Lucky Star for the first couple of years and was trying to paint in my sunroom. I had little bitty kids at home. So I just kind of set them up with crayons and paints and stuff too, so that I could have a minute to paint. And I was very inspired by the way, when I started really paying attention to the way that they would make things. And even more than like 
I loved what they would make and a lot of their marks inspired what I still do today. You know, especially one of my kiddos just looks at the world in a different way. And, um, and so he's inspired my mark making forever. And, you know, he's 12 now. So, but when he was little, he just drew the funniest things. And, um, but even more than what they made, I loved how easily they made it and let it go and moved on to the next thing. And like, they could give you something and act like it was a masterpiece, but the next minute they could crumble it up and throw it away and move on to something else. Or they could drop it on the floor and step on it. And they didn't really, it was like, things were not precious because they were more. And I was really needing that at that time. Like I can make this thing and it's not going to be the only one I'm ever going to make. So this one can be what it is. And then I can make another one too. And then I can make another one if I want, you know? Oh my gosh. Like that gives me, like, I feel anxiety in my chest just listening to you say that because I'm such a keeper. I mean, if you could see around me right now, like I'm too much of a keeper. Like I need to be able to, well, I have to force myself to let things go and, you know, calling it finished, calling it complete, finding that completion point is so difficult for me. And I'm speaking, I know for a lot of people out there who have such a hard time. And and then like, okay, so I think about, I'm seeing this painting behind you and I'm like, how could you ever let it go? <laughs> how could you sell it? But like, tell me about how that process plays out in your mind now that you the, are a professional artist making a living at that, which means that you have to sell. You have to let these go. So you want me to answer how do I how do I let them go or how do yeah. I, let them, how do I let both? Them go? I want to talk about both. Well, how I let them go. Um, you know, this isn't my quote. I heard another artist say this, but it's perfect, and I don't remember who said it, but I'm going to repeat her anyway. She said, um, she said that paintings are a lot like children, and that they're not yours to keep forever. And so if your attitude is always that, that you're here, I'm like, I feel like I'm here to make these. I'm kind of here to create something that both serves to let the creative energy out of my body and maybe help me share a little bit of the light that I see in the world with other people. Then my part is the making. And then their part is the enjoying it every day. Like I'm maybe it's bringing something to their life by hanging in their home, but it brought what it needed to bring to my life through the creation of it. So for me too, my work's always been like really process oriented. It's so much more about the act of making, about how I feel when I'm doing it and less about the outcome of it, like what it even looks like when it's finished or where it ends up. That might sound weird, but I think it's a little bit like yoga too. Like if people who, if you do a lot of yoga, like the experience of doing the yoga and being very present and breathing during your yoga is, is the important part, but not necessarily like getting really ripped abs. Does that make sense? Like it's not exercise. It's for all the other things that it brings to you in the, in the present moment, you know, which is something I struggle with all the time. So painting's just been like the best life teacher for me. Um, I love that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm taking that all in. I'm going to apply that to my painting that's been sitting over here unfinished for like an entire year and a half, maybe two years. Yeah. I mean, and the, when is it finished? That's yeah. just, 
that's another thing that's so interesting. I think it's um, if you can have the attitude that you can always paint more, it's not the one and only painting that you're ever going to make. I do think it's easier. Um, but also, you know, today I might say that painting is finished this way. Tomorrow, if I was painting the same painting, it wouldn't be finished that way. I'd finish it somehow differently. So I just have to be okay with the fact that there isn't a right answer there either. It's today's answer or it's how I, how I feel right now. And, um, and I feel like that about life too. You know, like I mentioned how we moved and moved and moved when I was a kid and I moved and moved and moved when I was a, an adult with my husband. And then I had for a while, a really hard time with feeling like I didn't have a home, you know? So it was a big deal when we bought this home because I was having some major anxiety with like, does this mean I live here forever and I'll never move anywhere else? Cause as much as I want a home, I also have this kind of fear of getting stuck in one place. Mm -hmm. So what I decided was this is home for now until I decide it's not home and then I can go somewhere else. So I feel the same way about paintings that I can say, this is finished for now. And if it finds its home and it moves on and lives with somebody else, then it's probably finished forever. But if it hangs around my studio long enough, then I decide it's no longer finished. I might add to it. There's no rules there either, you know? That's right. Yeah. So you just have to think about this is what's right and what's good for right now. For right now. In this moment, and then move on to the next moment. That's all we can ever really do, you know? It's so mm -hmm. much about like managing expectations. You, you, your disappointments come from unmet expectations and that you, you placed on yourself on yourself so if you yes. can go these kinds of expectations and be happy with what is it's way way better for everyone it's way better for you that's right leslie i remember a few years back you did you did a project with i feel like it was like a, a local poet there um will you remind me what that was because i remember that I loved that collaboration so much. Yeah. It's actually, um, this is a show that I do every other year now. It's called Color Story. And um, it is myself and another artist here in Houston. Her name is Marlo Sacedo. And Marlo is coming to Lucky Star this year. I know. Year. I was like, I know that name. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm bringing all the people with me to Lucky Star. I think. Um so Marlo and I started collaborating on a, on a piece of artwork. It started as one piece and then it kind of evolved into a, a whole exhibit uh, where we now use local poetry. So we get poets from around Texas to submit. And actually last year we did nationally. So national poets to submit poetry. And then we ask um, a group of local artists to choose poems that speak to them and create artwork that is inspired by that work. And um, so it's been a whole collaborative project. The first year was just Marlo and myself, and we made 17 paintings that we hung in, um, in a gallery space, and it was beautiful. But we saw the potential there to include lots more people, to include more artists and have more variety in the work. So then after that, we included more artists and we do less of the work, but we have a lot more artists involved. So there's so much more variety. And uh, it's one of my favorite things is like uh, collaborating with other, with other creative people. So the work is part me and part you, but when we put it together, it's completely something new that neither one of us would make on our own. You know, that's, yeah, I love it yeah. for me. Yeah. You've had a couple other collaborations come from lucky star too. I'm all kinds of things. I mean, like, uh, I feel like Lucky Star is involved in 
uh, so many of the things I do. And when I talk to people in Houston, I'm so often, I mention, I say, oh yeah, this lady I know from Lucky Star, this friend from Lucky Star, this thing I got at Lucky Star. And uh, everyone now is like, I know, it's at Lucky Star. I guess I have to go there. <laughs> talk about it all the time. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, but Randy, you know, uh, that's one that comes right to mind. My, my favorite collaboration was um, I gave Randy Hamlin a bunch of drop cloths that were just like soaking up paint in my studio. I thought they were pretty because the color, like the, these colors are so pretty. Oh, yeah. I didn't know what to do with the drop cloths and they weren't absorbing paint anymore. So I sent them to Randy and she sewed them into these beautiful leather handbags. They were the most exquisite things. I just love them so much. That's something I regret. I didn't keep one of those. I sold I them all. I didn't get one of those either. We <laughs> made I talk her like, into doing that again. <laughs> she has like she's so busy now. She's gotten so she's so busy to do that. But that is because it wasn't just mine. I really regret not keeping that one of those. Yeah, they were gorgeous. They were gorgeous. Yeah. Okay, so tell me about I I know you like we're on the soccer field a lot, right? And still am. Now I have four boys and three of them play soccer. So yeah, I'm like we, least likely soccer mom in the world. I'm like the least sports person, but I spend my whole life doing sports. Yeah. And we also both have seniors in high school. Yes. Which is a whole thing. I mean, it's just a, a daily realization that the time is just slipping away. It's, but it's also exciting. And it's just this like, bittersweet roller coaster ride of a year it's bittersweet overwhelm I can't I kind of can't take it I feel like I told my husband I I started crying on his first day of senior year and I'm afraid <laughs> I'm not gonna stop and it's not all sad I'm so happy I'm so proud of him I like he amazes me every day he's grown into his own person and I'm proud of the person that he is I love being around him now which is awesome because there were a few years there when I was oh. not sure <laughs> freshman <laughs> sophomore <laughs> are tough. all the junior, junior <laughs> but, uh, but I really you know I genuinely like him he's one of my favorite people to spend time with and he came home from his senior year with um, a letter jacket on that we had ordered way early in his junior year but something had held it up it hadn't come in all junior year and uh, it came it was at the school waiting for him the first day of senior year so he walked in our house with his letter jacket on and I Lost it. I was like, that's every day of senior year is going to be like this, you know? I know. I know. So talk about the balance between momming and (laughs) painting, being an artist, having your own business. How is that for you? Well, listen, this might be an answer that you will want to completely edit. But my real real answer to this is balance is a myth. Um, I don't think it exists. I like I, I think that striving for balance was one of the things that made me burn out on my photography job and and quit completely. I mean, I blew it up in flames, you know, kind of because I just got to a point where I couldn't handle it anymore. Um, I don't think there's balance because balance kind of implies that you can do both at the same level at the same time if you're trying to keep it still like, you know, like imagine a straight seesaw. But I don't think it's like that. I, for me anyway, if I'm doing really great at painting and like I'm making amazing work and people are noticing my work or I'm selling a lot of work or I'm just really proud of my work, chances are I'm like really sucking at everything else. <laughs> <laughs> but like 
I haven't made dinner in three weeks. My kids yeah. are wearing unwashed clothes. I mean, like they really, they'll be like, I'm not paying attention to anyone. They're staying up till midnight watching YouTube videos about Minecraft. I mean, like right. I, but, uh, and then, and then in the reverse, if I'm, if I'm doing a good job of like, but these are values we place on ourselves, right? If I'm doing a good job, right, right. Like, you know, the PTA mom who's making like the banana muffins for water polo practices in the morning and I'm getting all the things done that my kids need done and my husband and I are having dates and we like each other yeah. inevitably I'm not making any work at all right that's work. when my social media is like crickets yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah when you don't hear from me I am living my best life <laughs> somewhere too. with my family but yeah. then I come back it's just Yes, I totally get you. And I guess the better way to say that is instead of balancing, it's juggling, right? I mean, because, well, this one's floating up in the air, the other one's down and vice versa. But once I realized it was that, I don't have as much trouble with it. Like I I can kind of expect and understand it a little, or I can even give a heads up. I can be like, hey, I'm going to be working on this really hard project for the next three weeks. So I need all of you guys to pitch in. We're going to have some like scrambled eggs for dinner for a while. Like, and um, it's easier than trying to, trying to convince myself that I have to do it all. You know, I do think I grew up in a women can do it all. We can do it all. We can do it all kind of time. And I decided that's nonsense. I don't even really want to yeah. do it all. I want to do all the things at different times. Yeah, I don't want to do that. All that is what I've always said. You can do it all. It's just not necessarily going to be all at the same time. Exactly. That's what I want. Yeah. And you know, we, we have so many different seasons to live through and and we've, we've got hopefully time to do it all. Yes. And I'm doing air quotes here. Totally. Yes. Uh, but, and you know, what you think you might want to be doing right now isn't necessarily what you are going to end up doing or what you even want to do five years down the road when, yes. and you know, like, when things are wide open, you think, you know, when the kids all graduate and you, you're an empty nester, in your mind, you think, oh, I'm going to have all this time. But that is not always the case. I can tell you, having uh, all of these older, grown children now, I mean, Dylan's 30 now, it, you they come back and you want to be with them and have as much time with them as you possibly can. And then you may go on the road to see them, you know, I mean, there's just, you never know what life is going to throw at you. And I think that if you're able to tackle it as it comes and keep that perspective, like you were just saying that it doesn't have to be this perfect, beautiful line balance. That is a continuum of, peace and tranquility. Like for me, I do things in chunks. I'm, I'm like, you know, really good at it for this much time. And then, you know, I'm out for a little while. For a month or something. But that that. is how I keep from burning out. Yeah. Absolutely. How I keep from burning out. Otherwise, if I, if I were to go on a diet and be, and have to eat whatever for you know, the rest of my life, there's just no way I could sustain that. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it, this human experience is so amazing and it's so cool to hear about other people and how they are living their lives and, and juggling it all. And 
I appreciate your honesty because it really, really is relatable to me. And I'm sure a lot of our campers too. <laughs> I think it's real. I mean, if someone else out there has figured out real balance, come tell me, come, come teach me. I need to know, but, <laughs> um, but for now, I'm just going with it doesn't exist. So w- tell me about your daily life now when you're in the studio, like what does that day look like? Yeah, you know, it's different all the time, which is part of what draws me to art and creative, um, you know, like entrepreneurship is that I don't have someone telling me what my days look like. So they're, they can be very different and I can be available for whatever school things my kids have too. But, um, but right now I've settled into kind of a neat rhythm that I, at least during the school year, summers are like a wild card, but, but, (laughs) but during the school year, you know, I have this where we are right now is a little studio in my house, which really is supposed to be a dining room, but we we don't dine fancy like that. So we like, turned it into an art studio. So I paint here sometimes. And then my um, studio that I rent is in Houston and I'll drive about three days a week. Usually um, unless I'm working on a project that has like a deadline fast approaching or something, usually about three of the days a week I drive up to Houston um, and it's about 40 minutes. That's why I don't do it every day. So mm-hmm. I go there. I, I really love it there. My studio's at Sawyer Yards and it's a big creative campus. We're like the second largest creative campus in the country. There, there's a larger one in Los Angeles, wow. but uh, we have the largest concentration of working artists. And um, there are about 400 working artists in our, in our like collection of about six buildings. And um, it's just great. I mean, it's, it has been the most fun and the most rewarding for me of anything I've done with like colleagues since art school, you know, like there's this thing about art school where you feel like you're in classes with people and you have people to bounce ideas off of. And sometimes that's really where your juices get flowing, you know, like you generate new ideas because your friends will say, but what if you solved that problem this way? What if you did this? What if you oh, used yeah. that color, you know, whatever. And um, for all those years when I was doing photography, I didn't have colleagues like that. I was working from home and have little kids and I was just kind of all by myself. So when I stumbled into Sawyer Yards, and got my studio there, I had colleagues again. And so I can, you know, walk down the hall and see who's around today and ask questions if I, or come see this, come look and see what you think. Just because that stuff is powerful, you know? Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's, that's been wonderful. And uh, so I go there about three days a week um, just to work. I, um, I tend to work on really big things there and smaller things at home. I do a lot of commission work. So maybe for commercial buildings or for people's houses. But um, if I'm doing something, something big, then that's uh, I have a huge wall in my studio that I can hang work on and I drip all over the floor and make a mess here. Our house is kind of new and I want to keep it nice. So I do smaller things and I (laughs) I try not to drip all over the floor here. (laughs) I, I love what you're saying about that what that creative community and having those colleagues mean to you. And it it just feels like it just makes you create at a higher level and the the vibration is higher. I mean, I I can just like, in my mind, I'm visualizing these six buildings that you're talking about with 400 artists, that thing's got to just be shining, just vibrating. It's just like electric. Yeah. What an incredible thing. I had no idea that it was so big and one of the largest in the country, like second largest. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. It's about mindset too, you know? So for all the artists that are, are there to learn from each other and have a real like spirit of generosity about like sharing ideas and sharing 
um, techniques and things like that, it's fantastic. You, if you have this idea that there's enough here for everybody, and there's only a few people that maybe have the, a different kind of competitive um, attitude, mm-hmm. and maybe that creative community doesn't work for them because they don't share nicely. But for everybody else, it's um, really a wonderful place. Wow. Okay, what are you? Tell us what you're teaching at Lucky Star this year. Oh yay! Okay, yeah, two new classes. Well, I do. I'm teaching two classes that I haven't taught at Lucky Star before. And so the first one that I'm really excited about is, I'm excited about both, but the first one is called Abstract Landscape. And so it's a painting class. It will be similar to the painting classes that I've taught before, abstract painting. But in this one, we're going to be working from either a photograph or like a picture in your mind of a place that you really love and then learning to pull um, elements from that, either colors and shapes, lines, or even just like how to express the emotions that you feel when you're there to create an abstract painting. So everyone's, I, I'm imagining everyone's is going to be very different. Some people's might really look like the place that they were visited, and some people's might not at all. It might be an abstracted landscape um, only by reference, you know. And so I'm, uh, I'm really excited to do that class because I think. Um, it's a nice start to abstract for people who maybe an open-ended abstract painting, just a blank canvas with no real plan feels intimidating. This gives you a place to start and you start with some colors that feel like this place for you. And I always imagine um, one of my favorite places to paint is um, a lake that I've been to in upstate New York with my in-laws. And I just kind of all the time when I'm painting. I just kind of imagine that place. I imagine the colors of that place. And then I imagine how I feel when I'm there. And so like, just to give you a, for instance, one of the things I think a lot is like, for me, happiness and sunshine go together. When I'm in the sunshine, I feel pretty happy. And that color is yellow. So nothing at the lake is actually yellow. It's like a blue lake and it's green grass and the house is brown. But I paint a lot of yellow when I think of the lake because it's how I feel, sunny and happy. So um, we're going to do a lot of talking about things like that and then painting. Um, awesome. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited about that. The, um, uh, the other class that I'm teaching is called Happy Hearts. And uh, Happy Hearts, uh, you know, they started as a little project that I would do about once a year. I, I paint these little mixed media hearts. And so they are layers and layers of paint and maybe uh, crayon, maybe pencil, maybe pastel, just any mixed media elements that layer on top of each other to create an interesting background. And then we kind of use uh, thick white paint to make a mask around them and turn them into a, a heart shape. So they're very fun. It's a really fun project to do. They can't, you can't help but smile when you look at them. And um, they're easy to finish. You know, in those three hours, I think everybody will be able to go home with a finished piece, which makes me really excited. Because I think when you leave Lucky Star with something finished, it goes home and it can get, be gifted or it can hang right on your wall. And you feel so good about having finished this thing, you know? Right. And you yeah. have something to show for. <laughs> <laughs> for where you've been. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Oh, I'm really excited about both of those classes. And I, I think that, you know, we have so many new campers this year. And well, this class, either one of these classes will be great for anyone who's even taken your abstract painting class too. Uh, I know I can't get enough of that kind of paint, your style of painting. So, I mean, I could see 
wanting to do it again and again and again, you know? So I think that, um, this is, these classes are going to be really, really popular and really awesome. And just to get to come and spend a three hour chunk of time with you would be really fun too. (laughs) Well, I hope so. And I, you know, I really love, I really love teaching. I love teaching women and I love being able to uh, hopefully do a tiny bit of what those teachers did for me my first couple of years of Lucky Star, which is remind you that you, you can't be wrong. You know, like there's nothing you can do here that's wrong and uh, helping people to release expectation and just play, you know, find that magic a little bit. That is the spirit of Lucky Star for sure. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Leslie, I always wrap every podcast episode by asking if you had something to share, like show and tell, what would that be? It could be anything. Well, I um, I knew you were going to ask this question. <laughs> so you asked me earlier about my project Color Story that is a collaborative poetry and art exhibition that we do. Mm-hmm. Well, the really exciting thing is that I invited some an artist from Austin that I met at Lucky Star, Heidi, Heidi Lowell, um, to be an artist at Color Story two years ago when we had Color Story. And then she was so inspired by it that she's doing a takeoff exhibition in Austin that's called Sound and Vision. And so it's a similar idea, except to make it very Austin, it is um, a collaboration of art and song, music. And so the most exciting part for me is that I love that we inspired Heidi and she's doing this whole new thing in Austin and several Lucky Star ladies are involved in that. But um, I personally am doing a piece inspired by um, a song by Mandy Rowden who is just one of my, the best parts of Lucky Star for me. I mean, some of my most important conversations have happened around that campfire before or after Mandy um, has played the guitar, you know? So um, my piece is uh, based on the song Parachute by Mandy, which is kind of, the song is called Parachute, but it talks about snuggling on the couch. So I had this idea of a, a parachute being like a blanket and like a safety or security cozy blanket. And so I've been spending a lot of time experimenting with painting on parachute material, like ripstop nylon. Oh, cool. Uh, and I finally figured it out. So that's why <laughs> I would, if I had it here, I'd love to show it to you. I'm really excited about this piece. Oh, that's so exciting. All the of all the ladies that are involved in this piece and where it came from, you know, so. Oh, that sounds like a great, great show. Okay, when is that happening? Um, I think October 1st in Austin is the opening. And I know that all the information about it is on Heidi's website. Oh, yeah. I right now, so. I've seen a couple posts about it. I need to share that in the galaxy and make sure that everyone knows about that. I would love to attend that as well. I think it's going to be awesome because the, the singer-songwriters are going to play. So oh. there's going to be live music and then and then art on the walls as well oh so cool I love that well thank you so much for your time I know it's so precious and thank you for teaching again at Lucky Star I I just can't imagine camp without you there and I love having you as part of the instructor lineup because you are like a walking embodiment of what what I envisioned Lucky Star being and doing for people. And I just, I, I love the light that you shine and, and 
what you put out in the world is just incredible and you're so good at it and you've got the best, best attitude and personality and you just, people just want to be, you're like a magnet. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Thank you for, I mean, thanks for talking to me on this podcast. Thanks for having me as an instructor at Lucky Star. It is like a dream come true, you know, like um, if only I could make those horses play in the water again, like on command. command. (laughs) But it's really like the first year I I couldn't have imagined that I would be teaching here. And I'm so glad that I am. Thank you. Thank you, Leslie. It was so nice talking to you. Before we go, tell everyone how they can find you on social media and your studio name again, just so they can find you out in the world. Cool. It's always hard because my last name is really hard to spell, but I am Leslie Gorecki everywhere. Um, I'm Leslie Gorecki Art on Instagram, and that's where I update things. And I'm um, LeslieGorecki.com. And I will have that in the show notes as well for everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Lucky Star is a women's art and whole living sleepaway camp that takes place each fall in the Texas Hill Country. For dates and more information about our upcoming camps, visit our website at www.luckystarartcamp.com or find us on Instagram at Lucky Star Art Camp.